0: Welcome to the Immigrant Incorporate podcast. My guest today is Patricia Vasquez Topitz. Patricia received a bachelor's degree in political science and minor in philosophy from Fresno Pacific University in 2015. In 2017, she was selected as an executive fellow with the Capital Fellows Program in Sacramento. And in 2019, she became a fellow with the Central Valley Latino Leadership Institute. Patricia holds a certificate in psychological first aid for migrants, refugees, and displaced persons from the University of California, Berkeley. Patricia Vasquez is very busy. She currently works in economic and community development efforts in the private industry. She is a relentless community advocate and has previously worked on policies advocating for workforce and economic resources for English language learners, immigrants, and farm workers. Prior to joining her current role in the banking industry, Patricia has worked for the COVID-19 Vaccine Equity Tax Force and held several positions in the Governor's Office including grant analyst in the Office of Business and Economic Development and Regional Program Manager for California Complete Count Census 2020, Labor and Workforce Development Agency, Diversity and Outreach Council Supporting the Enrollment and Retention of Latino first-gen students in Central Valley. And she was recently named on the 40 Under 40 list for the Central Valley. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Immigrants in Corporate podcast. On this podcast, you will learn from lived experiences, how to thrive in the corporate workplace as an immigrant. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. On this podcast, I will be amplifying immigrant voices from within corporate organizations through solo episodes as well as guest interviews. It is a global world of work and I'm very sure you can learn a thing or two from my guests who are originally from different parts of the world and their experiences working in the corporate workplace. Hi, welcome to the Immigrants Corporate podcast. Hi, Patricia. I'm so excited to have you here today chatting with me. How are you doing? Hi, Lola. Um, I'm doing well this morning. Thank you so much for um, having me at your podcast this morning. Thank you for being here. All right, we're going to dive right in. Um, if you could introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your background your immigrant story is how I phrase it. How, how did you get here? Is there anything, as much as you would like to share with us? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm happy to. Um,
1: my name is uh, Patricia Vasquez Topete, Patricia Guadalupe Vasquez Topete, and I always like to introduce myself with my full name, because I do know that our names carry um, you know meaning and they carry the the name and the legacy of, of our families and our, our ancestors. Um, I am actually an immigrant from uh, Mexico. I was born in Mexico and immigrated to the United States when I was uh, 12 years old. And a little bit of my immigrant story is, I actually came to the U.S. without uh, my parents and without my siblings. Um, so I would say that in the beginning, right, you're not only leaving your country behind, but for me, I was also living uh, living behind my family, right? Um, I I left when my siblings were three and four years old, and now they're almost uh, 21 and uh, going to be 24 years old. So, you know, it, it has been... Wow. It almost feels a lifetime to see their pictures and and just to know that I haven't seen them since they were little, small little kids. Oh, wow. So you haven't gone back since then? No. So I haven't been able to wow. go back since then. Um, and I would say for me, right, coming to the U.S., um, I learned a lot, right? Being 12 years old, Um, I came here, I went to a school that didn't have uh, bilingual programs my first year. So I actually had to learn English really quickly um, because nobody really spoke Spanish at my school. And it really pushed me really fast to to work twice as hard as my classmates, right? Which I would say has really carried me through. Um, I know you'll be asking about my career and where I'm at. But I really, um, Mm -hmm. I not only work in corporate, I actually came from the the government uh, side and I worked for um, two governors in the state of California. So I always say when I was a really young girl, leaving my country behind, leaving my family behind, going to a school where nobody spoke Spanish besides maybe two classmates, Um, it really taught me that I had to stand on both of my feet and stand very strong and very confident since I was really young.
0: Yeah, that's hard. And that's not even something a lot of us would be able to imagine, right? So, which is why these conversations are important. Thank you for sharing that. So, let's get to the corporate side of it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) How did you... You know what? What did you study? What career choice did you uh, make, and how did you get into corporate America? Um. Yeah. So,
1: so, so I know that's that's the meat of, of our um, conversation today. So I actually studied um political science when I was in school. I studied political science. Um, I think it's important for me to mention. I did. Um. a fellowship in Washington, D.C. in uh, policy. And then I did a a very uh, intense and actually one of the top fellowships in California. I work for the executive branch um, as part of a fellowship. And I also studied um, government relations at Sacramento State. So um, I would say, you know, I've done different programs um, at different universities, I lived
0: in D.C. So, yeah, if you could share a little bit about how you made your career choice. Um,
1: yeah, so I actually studied political science because back then um, I actually wanted to work in politics. So ever since I was in high school and then I transitioned into college, I knew that I thought I wanted to become a senator, uh, which is really interesting because I now work in corporate Um, I will say, though, studying political science has really helped me in regards to building relationships and partnerships. So I have been able to bring what I studied into what I do now in corporate, which is working in economic development, building relationships across the state of California. So studying political science, although I thought I would become a senator or work for a senator directly or an assembly member. It has really helped me to transition from uh, the state public sector, working for the governor, into now working in the corporate industry. So when I was a little girl, I knew, and I think I still get to do this, I wanted to help communities. I wanted to help immigrant populations. I wanted to help English language learners as myself. And I did think that the best route to do that would be through government, working directly in government, changing policy, writing policy. Um, But I I now see that I can also do that in the corporate industry. Um, So that's why I studied political science. And it's really taught me a lot. And I've been able to bring in those skills into corporate. So I would say to other immigrant um, young professionals that What you study in college or even in your grad studies does not have to determine the kind of job that you get. You just have to learn how to make your skills marketable, which is what I've done.
0: All right. Thank you, Patricia, for that point. I think that's a great point um, for students generally, not just immigrants, but students who are picking their program choice and stressing out about (laughs) what uh, the job prospects. There's a lot of skills that we transfer regardless of the program we study. Um, into the workplace. For myself, I studied biochemistry, and I'm definitely not at the bench right now. Um, But a lot of what I learned, right, I I work with clients in the STEM industry, and I think a lot of what I learned helps to give me an edge, to give me insight um, when I'm talking to uh, different companies. So thank you for sharing that. So when you think about the entry into corporate America for you, or, well, your entry was um into the government space first, but regardless getting into the workforce for you what was that experience like
1: yeah so so I would say getting into the workforce um I would say that for me and and one tip of advice right is building your network um so actually for me I mentioned earlier I did my um I did a fellowship in Washington dc and I also did a fellowship in South in Sacramento, doing those fellowships really allowed me to meet with professionals, right, that were in the spaces I wanted to be in, asking for advice, guidance, and mentorship, and feedback, right? So building that network really allowed me to be prepared, right, for the interviews, right, for for the panel interviews. And so um, I would say for me, very earlier on in my career, I was having panels of, you know, five to seven individuals who were interviewing me. So I always had to be, you know, I would say twice as prepared, three times as prepared as I had to be when I first had my first entry level job. Um, I carried that with me into the corporate in this industry where I also had, you know, multiple panel interviews. But I think that, you know six to eight years ago, when I started having my panel interviews, it was so important for me to know that I had to prep, right? There was an entire prepping process that I had to do to just get into the first interview and make it into the second round. Um, so I would say my experience really was doing a lot of networking, right? Doing a lot of prepping, um, and then also doing a lot of follow-ups after the interviews. And I think that's what really gave me an edge. Um, and I, I really would say too, is I was researching the companies, right? I was researching the individuals who were going to be in the panels um, and I was, you know, preparing and, and really p- presenting myself and researching what I was going to be telling the panel. So Preparation was everything for me um, to really get into the, the position that I've had.
0: Yeah. So so let's talk about that fellowship again because I think that's important. Um that's something not maybe not everybody gets the opportunity to have that um, experience before getting into the workforce. So how did you obtain the fellowship? How did you know about it? Was it anything you did or um any insights into that for anybody listening?
1: Yeah, and, and actually I would, l- I would love to plug in the fellowship. Um, so I actually learned about the fellowship before I finished my undergraduate studies in college. And it's a great way for me to share with, with students and young professionals and even grad students, because you could be a graduate student, an undergrad graduate and, and apply. Um, they do have a, a fellowship for the assembly, a fellowship for the Senate, a fellowship for the executive branch and judicial branch. So it is a very prestigious uh, fellowship within the state of California. And you really get to be in the room and, you know, work directly with directors, right? Secretaries of state departments, right? You would get to work with chief of staffs in the Senate, in the assembly. Um, So it really gives you an edge even to, to be able to work in, government relations, right, and corporate and the public industry. And the way that I was able to get into the fellowship, fellowship, Lola, is preparation as well. Um, Actually, I like to share, since it it is a very competitive fellowship, I applied for it two times. My first time, I did not get in. I did get an interview, which is even, you know, going further into the process. And i my first year, I think I learned what they were going to ask, how prepared I needed to be, and I actually went back and, and gained experience in the workforce for an extra year before coming back again, where I got an interview, and thankfully, my second time, I was able to get in, but I did you know, take a whole year to really work in my skills, become a part of community, right? Um, become more of a leader in the city that I was living at. And then the next year, the panel really saw how I had grown over the year and I was able to get in and really enter the fellowship. But I will say, sometimes I've also heard of um, young professionals who don't get in until the, their third time um, because it is that competitive, but it's really, I really advantages program, which is
0: why it's so competitive, and they're looking for the top leaders in California. That's amazing. And, and I think it's opportunities like these. So for those listening to this podcast, there's going to be immigrants in the corporate workplace. It's going to be international students as well who are thinking of finishing up and then jumping into the corporate world, right? And um, when we talk about the immigrants' disadvantage, it's maybe we don't have a network. The, well, how we can build that is how we can um, overcome that barrier of not having a network as an immigrant is to make conscious efforts to join programs like these that can broaden our network. So I think um, you know fellowships like these, fellowship programs like these are really important to look into. Um, if anybody is listening, you know it doesn't have to be this specific one, you know looking for opportunities to gain experience I guess it might be similar to internships as well right so fellowships internships anything you can do to give yourself experience uh, before you get into work it's always huge
1: yeah and and what I'll mention too is a fellowship the, the great thing about a fellowship is it's paid right so you actually I would say you really get to do you know in-depth projects that a staff would be doing at the same time so you're a part of the team you're actually working in the projects that anybody in the in the other teams and departments would be working on so it really gives you a lot of um independency and exposure as if you were you know the staffer to the senate member right or to the director of an executive and then you
0: get a stipend yeah That board. that's really mm-hmm. great yeah thank you for sharing that So did you think when, during the process of applying for the fellowship, did you think being an immigrant was helpful or did that hold you back in terms of not knowing what to do for the process? Or how do you see your, your immigrant background, um, having an impact there or did it? You know, um,
1: I actually think that my immigrant background, and this goes for different areas in my life, um, as I've seen, I, I see it as the strength, right? I see it as when I show up into my interviews for programs, right? I do see my immigrant identity and who I am as the reason that I am the right fit, right? That I am the right person. And I do also tell, you know, during my interviews that that is the reason why I'm the right person, because I represent um, the immigrants right um not only you know immigrants who look like myself right mexican immigrants but immigrant voices um and i do think that my immigrant identity has really propelled me forward to when i don't know the answer to something or the process i tell myself just like you learn how to speak English in one year when you were 12, you can learn how to navigate this process. Um, and I think it's very true for many of us. If we don't know how to do it, we find people who can teach us and guide us, right? I I would say I've become my own guide. You know, I went to college and university when I couldn't qualify for financial aid, Lola, and I taught myself how to apply for funding. I taught myself how I was going to navigate a college space without resources as an immigrant. And, and that was another journey that I took. Right. So I think every transition in my life, I handle it with, I'm going to teach myself, I'm going to figure it out. And I'm actually going to come out at this at the end, other side of this even
0: stronger than anybody could have imagined. I love that statement you made right there. I think that was very powerful. It's, You push yourself and remind yourself, if I could learn how to speak English in one year, I can do this. And I I think that speaks to a lot of resilience. I mean, I can hear it in your story, on your journey of working against the odds, but realizing that I can do it. Right. I can do it. And for each win, you are motivated to do the next one because, you know, I did this so I can do this one. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about your your experience at work. Um, I think, you know, the fellowship, the community, having to learn and build up resources by yourself, I mean, that's hard. Um, but I'm glad you, you know, you got that experience, you got that network, and and you were able to secure a great position after all the hard work with college. So when you... Let's think about, you know, now your years of working. I mean, you've been in corporate uh, for a couple of years now. So um, let's talk about those experiences and how you've seen your immigrant background be a strength or be a barrier at work in different areas, right? Like your leadership style, communication, um, because it's not just getting in, right? It's getting in and advancing, and so what are some of the ways that you've seen that show show up for yourself?
1: I actually just, just moved over to corporate. So I have a year, um, almost a year of of my experience being in corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to highlight that because it's been, a, I, I mean, for me, it's been a year of growth and learning, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of transition, I would say. Most of this year, I've been in the transition mode and learning the ins and outs of being in corporate, right? right? Um, in regards to my immigrant identity, right, showing up in, in this new industry for me, I would say, um, so a part of my job, I get to carry a lot of our portfolios of relationships that we have with community organizations, with, you know, state county and city organizations um and programs so i would say that for me it has really been the relatable personality right being able to build trust right um i would say i grew up in an immigrant neighborhood um, everybody that i lived around when i moved to the states was puerto rican um, and it was a very communal uh, neighborhood right we supported each other we were there for each other when anybody was struggling in the neighborhood. And so I really carry that type of work ethic um, to my work. Um, actually, when I first joined, we were down um, some employees. I think there's been a lot of change in the industry, not only in government in, in corporate, but even in government and county governments. And so when I first joined, we were actually down 50% of our workforce in my department. And for me, it was really stepping in, right? It wasn't what is my role here, what is in my in my lane. It was more of what do we need as a team? What do we need as what do we need as a department? And I think my management has really seen that I'm there to support the, the team, right? To support the line of business and not just to support my own success. It's it's about the collective success. And I think even though I'm almost going to be in corporate for one year, I have really demonstrated that I'm able to to carry a portfolio and carry even a larger portfolio when we may be down, you know, some staff, some employees. Um, And I really think that who I am individually as a person and as an immigrant uh, Mexican woman, it has really Taught me that you you struggle together, you work together for the success because if one of us isn't succeeding, then none of us is succeeding um, as a team. And so I think that's just one example of how my identity has really been showing up in in the workspace for me. Um, and I think another another piece of advice that I have learned is I do I speak up as well. You know when. When I need tools and resources um, in in my in my current uh, job, I will speak up and ask. You know, how can we have access to this? Um, and I also bring up the the point of we as a team collectively would benefit from having access to that tool or that resource, right? Um, or that communications message. And I think that. Throughout my immigrant journey, I've learned that I have to speak up for myself and for others. Um, And one more thing that I want to add, which is so important to my journey, is I know the importance of my story. I actually, through my current role as well, I get to share my story across different platforms. And I do think that I represent Immigrants, And I'm able to speak to other immigrants and say, this is how I was able to arrive here. This is how you can do it as well. So even through my own work, I get to speak to other immigrants across California and encourage them that if they want to be in a position such as where I am, they can do it too. And I show them the process that I took. So exactly what I'm doing here today I also get to do that through my job, Lola, um,
0: on a weekly basis sometimes. So thank you for sharing that, Patricia. I think that's important. And that's part of the value that you bring to these is you had learned to own your story for a long time. And we don't have a lot of that. It's the reason why we have this podcast. We don't have a lot of spaces where immigrant voices are being heard. And sometimes it's because... You know, there's not a lot of people doing it. People are not hearing other immigrants talk about their identity and the value it brings to work. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for owning your story and for using it to um, encourage other immigrants in the workplace and in the community. Right. I think the work you do is very important. So tell me a little more about how you use your story in, in your role. So is this with business development? That's what you do, right? So I um I actually get to work in the
1: um community develop development economic development um which means sometimes I get to be invited to speak at, in panels right and in these panels I'm able to share about my story so I would say through community development um economic development is how I get to use my story right in speaking to large audiences of younger professionals, sometimes high school students right entering the workforce um, that's how I get to use my story right share my story
0: okay yeah thank you So if you were to look back I think you've already kind of spread out through through your conversation here some of the things that you would share with other international students or other immigrants um, around, Developing their career, right? You you talked about community building. You talked about um, doing the preparation before each step. If you were to look back now, um, since you came into the US and then started your career, is there anybody or two, one or two people that have been very influential for you? Especially considering you know you were here really without your immediate family. Yeah. No. Um... And
1: that's a great question. I actually would like to say I I won't have enough time to name name all of them because there is a whole list of individuals who have actually been a part of my journey, right? Um, Without going in depth into the names, you know, I've had a coach when I played sports in high school who who bought me my first um, suit to interview. I, I come from a family of, you know, Uh, low resources. We didn't have a lot of uh, money when I was growing up as a teenager, right? Going into college. And I had a tennis coach who, who purchased my first suit for myself to go into my scholarship interviews. Right. Um, And so, wow, that's, that's huge. That's really amazing. Yeah. That's no, that's amazing. And, And I think that, you know, through our struggles, individuals see our drive, right? And, and I think she saw my commitment to my education. And then there is another woman who, who I still keep in touch until today, who's become a mentor. And she was my English honors teacher in high school. And she helped me, you know, it was 4 a.m. I was going to go to college. I was writing those scholarships. I actually um, got awarded about 15 private scholarships um, to go to college undergrad. And this woman, right? 4 or 5 a.m. She was reading my essays. She was giving me feedback. She was meeting with me after school, after school hours, giving me some more feedback. And she was teaching me how to craft and write my story in a way that the panels will select my essays, right, for the funding. And so I think if it wasn't for her, right, I, I don't think I would have pushed myself to go as deep as I went, And then, therefore, the panels really saw, okay, you know, this this person, right, this young woman who's an immigrant is really not only going to come to our university and study, but is going to go and be a leader and make an impact and make a change and really give back. So this this individual really should get awarded this this full right tuition scholarship. So. So I've had a lot of support. I've had a lot of people who believed in me and not only believed in me, right? Purchased suits, drove me, drove me to my interviews, read my essays before school started, after school ended. And they, they didn't have to, it wasn't a part of their job, but I think
0: they were invested in it, in, in my wow, education. That's powerful. I'm so glad I asked that question because I think that's that right there is kind of what I've been hearing too about your stories. Hey, I was here by myself. I had a lot of hard <laughs> stuff against me, but I pushed through and then community showed up. People showed up to support at every stage. We can't do this alone. And, and that's the hard part of, you know, being an immigrant, sometimes trying to work hard you know, we, we can work hard, but we also will, you know, we'll need the right people, we'll need the right opportunities, we'll need the right communities to support us. Um, Otherwise, it, it might be a little harder <laughs> than it should be. No, thank you so much, Patricia, for sharing that. I'm glad you you found great maybe mentors or coaches along the way is the word I should use. Because when we say mentor, sometimes people think of a lifetime of mentoring, but sometimes you just need somebody for a certain period and they play a very important role um, in your journey at that stage, right?
1: Yes. And, and if I can actually add something, Lola, um, as I'm hearing you uh, also share is, you know, for anybody who's listening, right, this this idea of There's people out there who want to help you. Actually, there's a lot of people who, you know, even on social media or LinkedIn, they want to be a part of your journey. Um, So I would encourage our listeners to really reach out, connect with individuals that they aspire to be like one day. You know, build connections in in your university, in your workforce with leaders, right? With professors, with uh, administrators, with even you know, community organizations that have resources because it could lead to jobs, right? It could lead to fellowships. It could lead to upper mobility, but just know that there is so many people who want to help and support. They just don't know how. So they they do sometimes need you to, to let them know how they can come alongside you to be a part of your journey. And And I would say that there's a lot of people out there. I'm sure both you and I, you know, if somebody reaches out, we're right there, willing to, to speak, to give some advice. And so I would say that don't be afraid to ask for support because you would be surprised as to how many people would be Absolutely. willing to step in.
0: Yes. Ask for help. Ask for what you need. You know, you can overwhelm people if you are not specific, right? But what's important for the people offering to help is clear ask. I mean, I have an interview. I don't know what to wear. That's a very simple and specific ask, right? Or if you say I have an interview, I'm not sure what I'm wearing, somebody would know, okay, here's a clear way I can help. I'm preparing my essays. I'm not sure what to do, a second set of eyes. I'm applying for a job interview, my resume. I'm switching jobs. I'm applying for a project at work, right? Sometimes we need to ask. Sometimes we need to voice our need. So that's that's really important. Thank you, Patricia. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? I think you've dropped a lot of great insights today. Thank you so much for being here. But um, I wanted to make sure there's nothing else. No, I, I, I think I,
1: I'm, I'm all good. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that we did this today. And, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to see the, the, end, the end product. So nothing more to
0: add. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your insight. And thank you for what you do. Thank you for owning your story and continuing to share it because we need more of that. We need more people to see what's possible, to believe what's possible. As immigrants, there might be challenges, you know, regardless of your immigrant story, regardless of the space you're in. um, But there is, there's hope. (laughs) There's a future, there's possibilities, and there are people that can help. So thank you, Patricia. Um, It was nice talking to you. Thank you for joining me, Lola Ademo, as always, for these important conversations on the corporate world of work from the immigrant perspective. For more resources and upcoming events, please visit our website, www.immigrantsincorporate.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at Immigrantsincorporate. If you are on LinkedIn, please join the group Thriving in Intersectionality Immigrants in Corporate America. There will be a new episode every week, so make sure you are subscribed to get notified. Please leave us a rating, leave a review, and I hope to see you next time. Thank you.